well, two weeks ago, I, I thought I was going to launch and begin to preach and teach, preach, teach, teach, preach on the uh, arena of moving in the gifts of the Spirit. And two weeks ago, if you remember, the seemed the, as we listened to the message, the repeated preaching was on the, the issue of removing the grave clothes from our lives. So the Holy Spirit was really showing us that as Lazarus was raised from the dead, he was stood at the mouth of the tomb, and Jesus said that he was alive. He had received his life back. Now, you have to think about all that. You know, well, one of the most miraculous New Testament examples of it, I believe, was in the, one of the uh, uh, testimonies about Smith Wigglesworth, where a man had been dead also four days. And Smith Wigglesworth showed up at the funeral parlor, and uh, the man at the door knew, had heard, and, uh, you know, his, the, the fame or the notoriety of Smith Wigglesworth, liked or unliked, had gone all throughout England. And um, he walked into the, to the fu- funeral parlor, and they said, the guy at the door said to Smith, he said, you're too late, because they knew he had, God had used him to raise the dead. And Smith's response was, God never sends me anywhere late. He walks into the funeral parlor, walks past all the people, walks up to the coffin, reaches in the coffin, pulls the man out of the coffin, the cadaver. Say cadaver. Embalmed. Say embalmed. What does that mean? The blood has been removed. Amen? Drained. In the name of Jesus, he slams him against the wall and says, live! In the name of Jesus, live! Now, imagine yourself in a funeral parlor. And a man comes in, grabs the... The per- now, what do you think the family members are feeling at this point? Let alone the folks coming in. Is it on the twelfth time? And you know, people begin to scurry, and some folks are bolting like feet don't fail me now. The twelfth time he slams his body against the wall. Live in Jesus' name. The man's eyes popped open, and he said, "Hi, Smith. I've been waiting for you." Is, would you put that in the category of miracles? That's called the working of miracle and the gift of faith and operation. Amen? Well, well, that was Smith Wigglesworth. Well, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are given to the body as he wills and as he disperses. But he had learned some secrets. Of, of, and, but his secret was, number one, and primarily intimacy. Amen? So Jesus... He commands Lazarus to rise from the dead, also dead four days. But there's a problem. He's not mobile. Loose him. Take the grave clothes off so that he can be mobile again and fulfill his destiny. So same way in the body of Christ, some folks, we get born again, we get saved, we even get baptized in the Holy Ghost, and we're enjoying worship and everything else. But yet, grave clothes can keep us from walking into the sonship, male or female, or daughtership, but the sonship of who we are because of whose we are. And like Carol had said, you know, this is just, 
how can we really, how can you really be edified or equipped for life if you don't have leaders that are real and genuine? Now, our testimony is by his stripe, we're healed. Amen. But there's a great old proverb that says, use head for more than hat rack. (laughs) Amen. So we need to do that. So that two weeks ago, what I intended to do to get into Corinthians and and really uh, delve into that to help equip the church and stir you and to put a desire, see the Holy Ghost. The preaching and teaching is supposed to inspire something on the inside of each one of us. It's supposed to create a, the inspiration is designed to create a desire. The preaching and teaching is to inspire, to create greater desire in the people of God for the, for the things of God, for the truth. Amen. Amen. I say, I just don't want to know what truth is. I want to walk in it. I want to experience it. Hallelujah. That's where the joy comes from. So John 14, we looked at it, and uh, we're going to go there. John 14, join me with it. Hallelujah. (laughs) I'm going to start with verse 7 again. If you had known me, you would have known my father also, speaking with his disciples. And from now on, you know him. From now on, you know the father. Right? And you have seen him. You not only know the Father, from now on, you know the Father, and you have, past tense, seen him. Well, the normal response is from the realm of reason. Right? Philip says to him, Lord, show us the Father. And it's sufficient for us. You know, stop these riddles, Jesus. Lord, you know, we know that this has got to be a metaphor <laughs> you're using here. <laughs> you know. Now, I'm adding to the word. But you have to put yourself in the, you know, one thing I always appreciate about Carol's from the time she got born again. She may not be able to give you an address of something, but she reads it in pictures. She puts herself in the Bible. When Carol would read, it was like she got lost. Like, honey, hello. Yeah. She's just in the scripture, and she sees, it's almost like that uh, the child cartoons that they would go back in time. Uh, Super book and stuff like that. That, that you know, that's, that's the way Carol was. She's back in time. You know, I might as well wait till she comes back into the future, and I can talk to her. But she's back in the Word, and she's like walking with those people and listening. And she's like in the room with Jesus, with Mary and Martha. You know, Philip said to him, "Lord, show us the Father, and it's sufficient for us." Jesus said to him, "Have Jesus said to him?" Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me? Philip? 
And we raised this question last week. Who's speaking here? Now, Jesus is the vessel. But who's speaking through Jesus at this point? It's the Father. The Father is speaking to Philip. Look at the verses again. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, from this point forward, I'm going to let you in on something. I'm going to let you in on something. (laughs) From now on, you know him, the Father, and have seen him. Yeah, it is. That's carrying a lot. Because if you and I can get a hold of what Jesus is saying here, we're going to leave this place a little different than the way we came in. See, we think it's definitely an upgrade for you and I to say, if you've seen me, you've seen Jesus. But some of us, we tiptoe through the tulips with that. We're a little, you know, if I say, if you've seen me, you've seen Jesus, then I really have to walk circumspectly before God and, and fo- do what the Word says about walking circumspectly. I mean, uh, th- I have to ask myself then, if I, if, if, I'm, if I dare step out into this territory to say, if you've seen me, you've seen Jesus, I really have to reevaluate my life on a daily basis, 24-7, and start thinking about calculating how I'm going to live today, what I'm going to do to say, how I will sp- respond to situations to people around me. As Pastor Tim said last week, how I will respond when I'm driving in traffic. How would the Father respond? Send a flood? <laughs> no, we have a rainbow promise. He's never destroyed. <laughs> So Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? So the Father is speaking through the lips of Jesus. We have to see this. We have to see this, what's, what's happening here in the Scripture. And you have it in black and white in front of you. You have it on the screen. Who is speaking? We have to address that and say it. Who is asking the question in reality? Would you and I ever share our faith before we got born again? The way we do after we got born again? Of course not. Well, who's in us motivating us? Of course, the Holy Spirit's motivating us to what? Speak as Jesus would speak. But yet, when we speak as Jesus speaks... It's the Father speaking through Jesus, through us. Now, the Bible says this in the New Testament. It says, in Jesus, the Godhead dwelt in fullness. The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. The reality of the Trinity lived and abode, made, its, made their abode inside the one earth suit. The Trinity was present in Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen? Guess what? The Trinity is represented in your spirit and mine. We just don't get a little bro cream Christianity, a little bro cream of God, a little dabble, do you? 
We get all of whom he is, whom he is, living on the inside of us by his spirit. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? Verse 10. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. So who, rose, who really raised Lazarus from the dead? Come on. Say, Father. Hallelujah. How did he do it? Through his son. By what agency? The power of the Holy Ghost. The Father's doing the works. It don't get any better than this. That when you and I see the opportunity to be a blessing and touch somebody's life. If we kick us up a notch in understanding and comprehending what the Bible is teaching us and showing, revealing to us. That if you've, that, that the Father, my Father, our Heavenly Father wants to do His works through me as an agent of His presence. As an agent, an ambassador, let's use the word that the Bible says, as an ambassador of the Father God, of the kingdom of heaven, of the Lord Jesus Christ and his kingdom, of the Holy Ghost and his kingdom. Well, I need a ministry. Well, the only reason anybody would say that is because they either... That they're just totally ignorant of what, who they are because of whose they are. What kind of foundation do we really have in our life? You know, and we make reference to this one gentleman, brother in the Lord, Todd White. Oh, glory to God. And it's not to put, put Todd on a, you know, on a pedestal. But it shows his life how he took the word seriously and as a baby Christian began to activate it. These signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means harm them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will Recover. That's all Todd had to see. See, spot, run. Lay hands on sick. Try it. Oh, command. Lay hands on the sick. If you're in me, Father wants to do works through you. Whether you have diapers on or depends. Doesn't matter what your age is in the Lord. Hallelujah. Todd said he prayed. He, he said, you know, what? I'm going to pray for. He had just had this download and this because he, he had a desire. The inspiration of the word gave created in him a desire. And then he knew as a baby Christian, I have to take it, put action to it. I'm going to on purpose pray for 10 people a day, whether they want it or not. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to approach folks. And he did. He went out and started looking. Whether he's in the store or whatever else. Can I pray for you? He did. 
Yeah, you almost no one will reject prayer. They may think you're not playing with a full deck because it's not common. It's not common. But what would happen on the, in the United States of America if Christians, every Christian on this planet who believed the word of God and believed that they are called, that they are anointed, that they are ambassadors, and there's a harvest to reap, and we are supposed to be laborers in, of the Father in the harvest. And every one of us starts saying and asking people, do you, can I pray for you? Well, what church do you belong to? I belong to the body of Christ. I'm a believing Christian. Hallelujah. Boom, boom, boom. And all of a sudden, anywhere they go, people start getting nailed. Boom, boom. Can I pray? Can I pray? Can I? Who are you people? <laughs> We're the body of Christ. God loves you. And, <laughs> well, glory. So he says in verse, again, verse 10, he says, The words I speak to you, I don't speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. You know, going to church isn't doing the works of the Father. Going to, go, uh, going to, and I hate to say going to, I don't even like saying going to church because you are the church. We are the church. We, we go to the assembly hall. Amen. We go to the meeting place where we can be equipped and fellowship together and worship our God. Believe for his presence to come. Hallelujah. Believe that when you attend the assembly, that you're not just going through a religious motion, but you're coming in a faith that's fixed. I'm going to be equipped today. Regardless if you've been a Christian one day or 40 years, I'm going to get equipped today. Hallelujah. With fresh manna from heaven. See, I'll tell you what, your faith determines what your, your income is going to be. Spiritually, your faith, the activation of your faith, what you are believing for. A lot of people mostly just say, well, well, it's always material things. What about faith for the spiritual things? We saw a great movie on the other night, too, was The Question of Faith. It's a great flake. It's out right now. It'll really just bless your life. It's very similar to Do You Believe? That was out a couple years ago. Along the same lines. It's different, different scenarios, but are oh, just awesome. Good flick. Christian flick. Pure flick. Amen. Verse 11. Believe me that I am in the Father, the Father in me, or else believe for the sake of the works themselves. Now, I want to, let's go to verse 12. Jesus is still speaking to them. Or is it Jesus or the Father speaking? Who, uh, who, who's speaking here? Verse 12, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, it's Jesus now, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. And whatever you ask, very important word. Whatever you ask 
in my name, that what you ask, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Say whatever. Whatever you ask in my name, that that I will do. For what purpose? That the Father might be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. (laughs) The Lord loves us so much. (laughs) He really does. He realizes where every one of us are in our journey as a Christian. And he loves us all so much. You know? And I I remember this statement. Um, Let me try to remember exactly how it goes. God loves us so much that he accepts us right where we are. But he loves us too much to leave us as we are. (laughs) So the word ask here, what does ask mean? It's very important. If you ask anything in my name, some of you guys been asking God for a lot of different things. Some of you guys been asking God for a lot of different things. Delay is not denial. But does the word ask here incorporate everything that you and I have on our plate or on our wish list? Delight yourself in the Lord. We have a promise. Delight yourself. God bless you. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will grant you the desire, desires of your heart. Well, that kind of like dovetails right into Matthew 6, 33, doesn't it? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all the stuff that you're worried about will be added to you. Because I'll give you the grace you need to succeed. I will cause your hands to become prosperous in the thing that you put them to. I'll give you the increase you need. He's a good God. He's a good, good father. Yes, you are. That's who you are. Amen. Who you are, and I'm loved by you. That's who I am. Who I am. So what does ask mean? Well, it means a bunch of things. I heard somebody say it just the other day, that some words in the Bible are pregnant. 
with, with a lot of different meanings. The word ask here is one of those words that's pregnant with a lot of different applications or meanings to it. Depends on the context. Say context. Context defines how that word is used. Not only how, but when that word is, needs to be activated and used. Now, as a, as a Christian growing up, I remember looking at this verse and reading through the Gospel of John. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Oh, God. <laughs> <You know. laughs> Lord, make me a good husband. <laughs> you know. Oh, that's a good prayer. Amen. I think it's a good prayer. Make me a good father. <laughs> you know. Make me an able minister. But before the minister comes, make me an able brother and sister in the Lord. There's no big guys and little use in the kingdom. Amen. But that's not, the, that's not the, how it's used here. Let me give you the definitions of the word ask. The word ask in the Greek is, if you want to look it up on your own, is Greek number 154. But it means, and actually they have to delve into the King James uh, description of it, or transliteration of it. It means literally to ask in some applications, beg and others, call for. It means to crave. Wow, let's use crave a minute. If you crave anything in my name, I will do it. Well, just a thought. I don't think it's the one we want to use. The next one is desire. Whatever you desire. Or here's a word and two words I'm going to present to you that I believe are the contextual application here. Whatever you require, say require. Everybody, require. And with that, demand. Whatever I demand in his name. Say that. Whatever I demand in his name, that he will do. It's not bossing Jesus around, but it's the context. It's you and I living in him and exercising the authority he has entrusted to you and I. Pastor Tim taught about faithfulness some weeks back here. And in that, he in included in that teaching he gave, uh, and he used the parable of the talents. Well, God has given you and I an authority and responsibility as sons and daughters of God. And in a sense, he's entrusted to us a talent slash responsibility authority. A lot of people like to think, oh, I've got authority. And they don't use their responsibility. Or some people like responsibility, but yet they lack the courage to exercise the authority of the responsibility. Amen? You with me? So... If you ask anything, if you demand anything in my name, I'll do it. If you require anything in my name, I'll do it. But what's the context? Verse 7. It's in the verses before. The verses before begin to, they help us, you and I, see the context of the asking in this application. Well, it's actually verse 10. 
Do you believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. 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 The Spirit of the Lord God's upon me, for the Lord's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. That's part of the work. To heal the brokenhearted. It's part of the work. Isaiah 61 and Luke 4. That's part of the work. It's what Jesus did. It's in Him we live and move and have our being. There was a show many years ago, and I've referred to it on occasion. And it was called To Tell the Truth. And in this TV program, this panel, this kind of, whatever you call those kind of shows. They had a panel of three people, and they had three celebrities that would be over here and the host. And the panel of three that were visiting, had one of them had a name and a story. All three people alleged that they were that person. So the people on the celebrities, they would ask questions to try to figure out who in the world was the real John Doe. Amen? And then the drum roll would come after all the questions were asked. Would the real John Doe please stand up? And then they all start what like Mo, Larry, and Curly. They'd start standing up a little bit. And then finally, the real one would stand up. And if there was no one that guessed him or her, you know, it was like, oh, would the real church of the Lord Jesus Christ please stand up? Yeah! You may be seated. (laughs) I'm proud of you all. But that's what happened. What happened to Todd White happened to me. As a baby Christian, these signs will follow. It came off the page. It pulled me into the page. I was injected with the truth. And I'm like, I was freaked out. I'm like, oh my God, these are the words of Jesus. My Bible had read. Jesus said it. Then I'm starting to think, I, 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 I immediately defaulted to tell the truth. And that question came to me. Would the real, that came to me that way. Would the real church of the Lord Jesus Christ please stand up? I can't believe it because Jesus said these will follow those who believe. I don't see that nowhere except in those weirdos on TV. Boo, boo, boo. Praying for people. We deem them as weirdos, yet they're working the word and having signs following. Why? It was strange to us. Religion is strange. Following him is normal. So, anything you do in my name, you have to keep this all in text. But keep that in context with what he said in in Mark 16. These signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will do those works. Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 3, describes the activity of the Messiah. Luke 4, Jesus opens up the scrolls and the scriptures to that very portion. 
and reads it to the day of vengeance of our God. And he closes the scroll. In this moment, these scriptures are fulfilled. And they all began to wonder and were all the these words, gracious words that were coming out of the son of a carpenter. When you and I speak what the father wants to influence and say to somebody, no matter how profound or simple it is, it is anointed. And it impacts people's lives. But you know, when it does when you believe that what you say is anointed. Otherwise, they're idle words. They're clouds without water. But when faith is coming out of our hearts, beloved, when we say what we're convinced the Father wants us to say, or when we take action in the name of Jesus, he'll do it. Todd White said he prayed for, I think it was nine months, ten people a day. And it was the guard in the shack when he was going through that whole thing or whatever it was. He was going through one of those places that had a security gate. And he stopped there, and the guy had needed a problem, needed to be prayed for. And Todd said, can I pray for you? And that was the first time after, do the math, a lot of folk he prayed for. And he said he didn't see it. But here's the good news to that, too. Signs will follow. They don't have to just show up. We need to believe. Do the works of the Father in the name of Jesus. And the Holy Ghost releases the power. Amen? We're not responsible. The Holy Spirit's responsible. Hallelujah. And He's good at it. Say it. Holy Spirit. You're good at what you do. <laughs> Come on, preach it at me. You are good at what you do. <laughs> Hallelujah. So verse 12, he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he'll do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask... Whatever you read in this context, whatever you require in my name, that I will do. Whatever you demand in my name, that will come out in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Listen, you know, if you drink anything deadly, it will by no means harm you. I don't know about you, but some of the stuff they put in our city water main, you know, sometimes you just turn, run the water, and all of a sudden you're asphyxiated by chlorine. You better pray over that water. In the name of Jesus, you'll do my body no harm. I mean, you can't. How many of these clean water jars and things, filters, do you have to get? Now they have them that you can actually take nucleared water and screen it and drink it. You wouldn't buy one of them? I would. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> but I, but, yeah, let me, let me just share, let me share this with you. Let me share this with you. When you and I are about the business of the Father, 
and, we're, and he's a part of our intimacy. The story of Smith Wigglesworth was, if he didn't mention the Father within every half-hour time frame, he would stop and ask the Father to forgive him. He was riding with somebody, and he said, pull over, pull over. And they had been engaged in conversation, and he left the Father out. And he, the guy said, what's the matter? What's the matter? Pull over. And he made him stop because he wanted to communicate and teach him something. Yeah, okay, but, but he, he had to. Yeah, it was a learning lesson for that man, yeah. I, I want those kind of teaching moments when I'm around God's brethren. I don't care if they have a title. We're, we're all ambassadors. We can learn from each other. He got out of the car, got on his knees, and asked Father to forgive him for leaving him out of the conversation. Why did he have the miracles he did? You want miracles in your life? Do we want miracles in our life, really? It's directly connected to our intimacy with the Father. He loves us. And he wants you and I to experience miracles normally. Amen? So... Whatever you ask, require, demand in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. (sighs) Say, I am. Say, I am that I am. Does the works in me. They said when they, the two spies that came back with the good report, Joshua and Caleb, 10 of the 12 said, the grapes are huge. The land flows with milk and honey, but there are giants in the land. Caleb and Joshua say this. We are able to go up and take the country and possess the land from Jordan to the sea. And there was a song made about this. Though giants might be there, our way to hinder Our God will give us victory. See, we are well able to do the works of the Father. But the only thing holding you and I back is faith and fear. A lot of our needs that are yet to be met are because we're not really doing the will of the Father the way he wants us to. It's not about you. It's not about me. I will close today with this. God so loved the world that he sent 
his only son. That whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loves the world that he's sending you and I into the world. That who would ever put their trust in Christ as a result of our love, his love in us, yet not ours, his. See, the real challenge of our Christianity is love gives. Love isn't selfish. What does Paul say in Corinthians 13? Love doesn't seek its own. It's patient. It's kind. It's not egotistical. It's not self-centered. I think at times we've been duped in the arena of our priorities. Now, I'm not diminishing any of our responsibilities and priorities. But what are we here for? If Esther was born for such a time as in her time and tenure on earth, how much, how much more are we being this close to the return of the Lord? How much more every one of you and I, we have been born for such a time as this to what? To be an evidence of a living God. I know God lives because I've been around you. That's what our neighbors should be saying. That's what our family members should be saying, no matter what they or their opinions are of us. Bottom line, I'll tell you what, we got mocked, jeered for years by our loved ones. But you know what? When they hit hard times, you know a phone was ringing for prayer? The weirdos in New Jersey. You know Why? Because we lived what we believe. They didn't understand this walk that we were, because they thought that they were doing good and meeting all the religious requirements. But you know, when the bottom line hits, they're going to go to a believer. You forward, probably most of you have experienced that already, even in your own neighborhoods or in your coming and going. We're going to get to the gifts of the Spirit because they are so wonderful. And everybody in here, I believe God's going to activate them. I, Carol and I, we believe, Pastor Tim, Elena, we believe they're going to be so activated in the church. But it's only to so who, whosoever believes. See, you are his representative. You carry his glory. Man, Carol, one Sunday. She got up and she said, you are. This is at, uh, first of all, the fact that it was 9.45. Our service didn't start till 10. And the anointing started flowing at 9.45. Who does God think he is? We were in there. We had prayer. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost came on Carol. And she began to say, yeah, you are a preacher of the right, a right how was it? You're a preacher of righteousness of the glory of God. She began to lay hands on people. It came 10 o'clock, time to start church. No ushers. Boom, boom, boom. 
Everybody she prayed for and ministered, just, he was moving. Who does the Holy Spirit think he is to move before 10 o'clock? Does he think he's God or something? It was wonderful. It was like 10 o'clock came, and I felt like that Jesse Duplantis deal. When all the people went out in the audience, Jesse just sat in the stage and went like this. There was a whole choir of angels behind Jesse. The glory cloud came in, and the whole congregation fell out, and he's the guest minister. He said, I got nobody to preach to. He sat down on the stage and went, just let God be God. Well, God did this at quarter of 10. And I'll tell you what, there was an impartation. Of what? A preacher of righteousness, of the glory of God. Oh, I know you could. I feel that anointment. We're going to stop there. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I I can't, huh? No, no, no. No. Yeah. Glory to God. Just one thing. (laughs) You know the deal. God made men with 2,000 words a day and women with five. So I I, got to get, I got to get a thousand out, right? Just catch up. One thing. All right. (laughs) One thing. I wrote this down because we are joint heirs with Christ. Amen. You all are. You are joint heirs yoked with, him. with Christ. And yoked with him. So everything that was said in John 14, okay, so anything we ask in his name, who will do it? The Father will do it. Yeah. The Father right? doing the work. So I, I, I just jot, jotted this down. We are his sons. We, I, I don't get tripped up on sons and daughters. I know when it says sons, I know who I am. Yeah, you know, we're neither male nor female. My spirit man is the real person, all right? We are his sons. We are joint heirs in Jesus' sonship. Yes. Did you get that? Yes. Joint heir. We have no problem as people... Looking at Jesus doing all the works of the Father because he's God. But the word says that we are joint heirs with Jesus. So that means we are joint heirs in his same sonship. That's right. Amen. Amen. When Jesus needed food, he asked the father, and what did he get? Food. When he needed money to pay taxes, what did he do? Sent the disciples, say, go fish, bring the coin, we'll pay our taxes. Got it? Whatever it was, we are, listen, joint heirs, say I. I. Am joint heirs. I'm a joint heir. In his sonship. In his sonship. That just gives it a little bit of a twist there, doesn't it? Puts a little bit of light. It's a little pregnant word. A little bit better. I'm joint heirs in his sonship. So as he was on the earth, so am I here. Same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. 
So, as Jesus heard and saw what Father, see, this is his sonship on the earth, okay? This is Jesus' sonship. This is his authority, all right, here on the earth. As Jesus heard and saw what Father is speaking and doing, he did. So if we're joint heirs in his sonship, so what we should, we should be doing the same thing in his sonship. He delegated that to us. What did he delegate to us? That authority. That authority to be joint heirs in his sonship. Do you see that? With that, Jesus understood his identity. The, ident- the authority and responsibility is in his identity. The authority of God in each one of us as we comprehend our identity in him. So anything that we ask, require, crave, demand, desire, that word ask, of him... In his name. In, in that context here, with the work of God. It's all with the works of God. He will do it. He'll do it. He will do it. He'll do it. Three months in the Lord, when my husband said, I dove. How did you say that? Or the word? How did you do that? Well, I said the word came off at me and actually pulled me into it. It pulled him into it. At three months in the Lord, he's walking around saying, Jesus is going to raise my brother to life, who was dead almost two hours with the death certificate written out. Come on. As a baby Christian, he read the part. These signs shall, be, shall follow those that believe. He didn't have the experience of life of everybody telling him this can't happen. It's impossible. See, as we get older in the Lord, we lose our childhood state, that childhood likeness. Do you see what I'm saying? Because all the experiences start to wear it down, and you have to protect it. So in this, I just popped right over, and I thought that time when I took my time, I mean, week after week just teaching on Philippians 4, And in verse 19, and this same God, what God? Our God, my Father, who I ask. This same God who takes care of me, of me, will supply your needs, all your needs, needs, I'm sorry, all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Remember the word. My God shall supply. Supply means in the Greek. It means to make, replete. It means to cram a net. Anybody got a net? You want to cram it? Cram it with all that you you need. Totally Totally full. He will furnish. He will diffuse. He will influence. He will make you full. That's what supply. So God, listen, until we get the revelation of this in our own, 
in our own spirit, in our own mind. I mean, when we go out, we should be all the time looking for the opportunity to speak something, to pray for people. There's something about, listen, let's get about, let's get out of our business and into God's business. You know, that's what he said. He said, I'll take care of all your needs if you go about doing my business. This makes me want to get more Albert, think about it. Think about it. This makes me want to get more activated. Yeah. It, it, and that's what's doing. Need. He will supply all of your needs. Anything you ask in my name, I will do it. Anybody here have a need? Yeah. We're always going to have a need. Okay? But we have to come to the place and know that your need has already been met in him so that when you ask of him, so you have to ask, that's the requirement. But when you ask of him, you shall have it. Okay? Faith in that, when you start putting the word together, meditate on it, your faith starts increasing then. Okay? Faith only comes by hearing, and hearing, that second word hearing is the preaching of the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen? So, we go on here by his glorious riches and needs. Over here, it just, it means this. Employment. Does that boost your faith there a little bit? Come on. He'll meet your need. And he's going to cram it in. He crammed it into a net. It's already been met. Employment. Occasion. He will meet all of your needs, your lack, your necessity, your want. He'll supply it. Riches, according to his glorious riches. That word riches, and I'm going to end here, means according to his glorious wealth, as fullness of wealth. There's nothing that he's lacking. So why should we? Amen. Amen. Why should we? Literally, it means money. Oh, we're so afraid to ask God because we don't feel we're worthy. You know what? You just nullified. It's like you just removed yourself out of his wonderful riches and glory by thinking that way and sonship. Don't think that way anymore, everybody. Money, not so you can hoard up things and, 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 you know, money. You need to live here with money. Hello, two and two is four, right? Possessions. Okay, that's part of the needs. Or I'm sorry, that's part of his glorious riches. Possessions. His possessions. His abundance. His richness. Specifically, valuable bestowment. Glory to God. So here's the the next step, I believe, of maturing in Christ, maturing in his sonship as joint heirs. That we just, we're not asking so much for us, but we have to because that's, that's relationship. Okay, that's relationship. But it's for others. It's for others. See the needs of others. They're all around. The harvest is so ripe. Just go do it. Go pray. Amen. It's a wonderful deal. Hallelujah. It's a glorious yeah, thing when you walk in this. 
It really is. It should be fun. It is. Being it's a, absolutely being fun. Being a minister, let's stand. You're Say this with me. Ministers. Oh, and here's the other thing. No competition. No. There is no competing in the body of Christ. That stuff is garbage. I want to say that again. That stuff is garbage. When you're in an atmosphere that you have to compete for a calling of God on your life, compete for, you know, well, I got gifts and you don't, and I got greater, you know, all this like, well, this person is more gifted and more anointed than me, and and I don't feel, that's a spirit, that's an atmosphere of competition. I am a joint heir in sonship, and guess what? That competition can stay over there in the corner. I can give a, a, a hoot about all that stuff that's going on. I was in that kind of atmosphere and felt it all the time. I didn't subject or submit myself under it, but man, did I feel it. You had to have a calling. You had to have a fivefold calling. You had to have you had to have these special giftings and getting all the you know what? Be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. Get away from that stuff. You are joint heirs in his sonship. What you see the father doing, you're gonna do. What you hear the father saying, you're gonna do. Yes, ma'am. No competition. Because in that competition it's all about self recognition. That's all it is. It's self-recognition over there. Be free from that, everybody. Be the son that God's called you to be. Okay? Move in the glorious riches. And, oh, boy, are you going to pull heaven here on earth. Hallelujah. Amen. I love this service. Glory to God. Yes. Father God, we thank you for the word that we just received. We thank you for speaking to our hearts. And Father, for just, uh, just allowing us to be able to uh, hear your very heart, to hear your message to us. We thank you, Father God, that you are, uh, are putting inside of us uh, the very truths that we need just to be able to, to, to grow into who you've called us to be. We thank you, God, that you are causing our hearts, our spirits to rise to the occasion, to rise to what you are are endeavoring to do now in this time, in this season, and in what's happening in the world, that we can be carriers of your light, carriers of your word. And God, we can be examples of who you are. And we thank you, Father God, that as we're receiving the word and as we're meditating on what we received today, that God, you would allow that to grow in our hearts, that we would take it and we would run with it and and mature it in our hearts in Jesus' mighty name. And we give you glory and we give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If there is any, anybody that needs uh, prayer, agreement and prayer, we would just ask you that you would come up and uh, pastors would pray with you. Amen. So if anyone in here need prayer, please come on up. Amen. You're dismissed.